You're listening to the Blacktop Banter Podcast, the premier podcast in the asphalt industry, made for contractors with contractors. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Blacktop Banter. Uh, we're getting into the off season a little bit here, and uh, if you are on social media at all lately, uh, you will have likely seen a little logo with a lot of action going on, and that's G-Force. And uh, my guest today, we've kind of been, in, I don't know, how do I put this? Maybe doing flybys. Maybe that's how I should say it, right? We haven't necessarily been in the same cockpit, or, or but now we're hoping to be, and we will be here coming up, which is very, very exciting. So I would love to introduce you to Jack Child. Jack, uh, please introduce yourself to Blacktop Banner. Thanks, Marvin. Jack Child, uh, founder of GeForce Parking Lot Striping. We were the first franchise to uh, franchise exclusively to military veterans. So our owners, uh, each location is at least 51% owned by a military veteran. Some are wow. still active in the Garden Reserve, but uh, most of them are you know, discharged from the military. Wow. So it's always a, uh, my favorite part or one of my favorite parts of Blacktop Banner is how the heck did we get to this point? Like how did Jack child get to, uh, starting this franchise of, uh, veteran owned line striping companies? Cause everybody's got a unique story in this one. And, uh, I yeah. can't wait to hear yours, Jack. So I was, I was born a poor <laughs> white Irish kid from the South side of Chicago, uh, joined the army, um, with plans to be a Chicago cop. That was my goal. Um, I did military police work in the army realized that I was growing cynical from police work. I said, I'm not going to do that. So I got out, went to college um, down at uh, Daytona, Embry-Riddle. It's a flying flying university, essentially. You get a degree and you learn to fly there. My dad had airplanes when I was uh, a little kid. So there was a little bit of that flying bug in me. Uh, Then I went back in the Air Force as, uh, as a pilot, an instructor pilot. Stepped out of the the military cockpit right into a Delta jet as a Delta pilot. Oh, really? And Flew for Delta. How long did you do that, Jack? 32 years. Oh, yeah. dang, you were committed. Know again, huh? I didn't know <laughs> that. No, I knew, I knew that you were a pilot, but I didn't know that it was with Delta really? that long. Yeah. Wow. So, um, but at, you know, post nine 11 airlines went through a lot of, Problems, challenges, uh, bankruptcies, uh, terminated our pension, layoffs, furloughs, uh, uh, seat regression. Um, kind of the world was coming unglued in, as an airline uh, airline employee back then. And I started looking around like, well, maybe I need to come up with plan B. And, uh, so I somehow I stumbled upon the driveway ceiling business and... Uh, Realized there wasn't really a, a brand name in the local market. Mm-hmm. And so I just uh, kind of did a deep dive on what it takes to, uh, you know, open up a, a driveway ceiling business. Um, Whatever made you look at that, Jack? What of all of all industries? Well, yeah, uh, well, I, I think it's because of the sort of, contractors I was seeing locally, um, okay. there wasn't any sort of branding, you know, and, uh, 
and I, I looked at uh, a Jet Black franchise, right? Okay. Uh, they were out of Minnesota. I'm sure you know those guys. Yep, yep. Um, but they didn't have any locations that far east, and they were also going to be shipping the buckets, and, I, and it just didn't seem like uh, that was going to be practical for me yeah. at the time. And so I just decided to, uh, you know, jump uh, with both feet into that business. Um, I named the business after my dog. Um, and we had a great little dog logo and we, we captured the market pretty quickly and, and, it, and it grew very rapidly. And, uh, I belonged to this business group and I was sitting next to this young lady who was a franchise consultant. She's asking me about my business. She's, oh, you should franchise that. So like, <laughs> oh, okay. So I did, you know, <laughs> and not really, uh, not really knowing what I, what, what I was doing, but I did it anyway. And, uh. So that's that brand started to take off, and then we branched into striping as a separate brand if they were related. Um, and we ran into some partner issues, and uh, and so I wound up uh, terminating that terminating that partnership and, and selling the business. Uh, <clears throat> uh, somewhat uh, ironically, to Jet Black, they, they took over oh, my really? old brand. Yeah. Wow. And so um, I had a non compete, and um, I. I didn't plan on coming back into the business, but I started looking at other franchises, maybe just to go be a franchisee. I just wanted to, I have that entrepreneurial bug. Yeah. You can't stop. Yeah. So I kept looking at franchises saying, well, I, I would do it this way. If, you know, I'm reading their franchise disclosure times. Well, that's, I wouldn't do it like that. And I think that's too expensive and they're really overcharging for this and they're to this and they're to that. And I kept thinking, you know, about, what, how I would do it as a franchisor. And, and I had learned two lessons from uh, my previous uh, business experience. Uh, one, the striping side of, of the business was frankly easier to manage and it was also nationwide. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a little tough to sell a seal coating franchise nationwide. There's yeah. some markets, unless it's commercial, there is no residential work. And that's right. difficult. So striping, I felt, was something that would be easily standardized nationwide every every state could use striping and i also i had a couple of veterans in our group um we just we just kind of connected uh i think you know not veterans aren't better than anybody else but there's there's this certain uh brotherhood if you will there's there's a connection there and uh, i found them to be you know the easiest to work with whether they were succeeding or struggling um they were still trying to make it happen mission oriented and so i said well Maybe I will. And we'd also uh, offered a free franchise, uh, ran a Facebook contest, and we had a grand total of four entrants, but one of them was really <laughs> sharp young man. Um, and a Purple Heart Vet, and we, we gave him a, a trailer. The uh, Graco donated a machine. Sherman Williams donated the paint. We, we donated the franchise fee, the training, all the you know uh, tools that go with it. So we, I was, uh, I was pretty focused on trying to help vets get into business because I knew striping was a pretty neat business. Yeah, and the best way to, I felt, to broadcast that and share that information was through the franchise model. Um, so anyway, getting back to GeForce, I said, you know, if I could find a way to attract more veterans, I want them to show up on time in uniform and be accountable. Those are yep. our, our three promises that we make at GeForce. Mm. And so I said, well, maybe make it exclusive to them. 
mm-hmm. and maybe that will be the magnet. And and frankly, that was it because it's uh, wow. It's generally hard, I think. To uh, nowadays, there's a lot of competition in the uh, striping franchise world. Suddenly, um, but up until <laughs> well, I, w- point, I wonder how was, that happened. I wonder why. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, I, I do. I think I do take credit for the first person to realize that striping ought to be franchised back in two thousand. Yeah, I don't know if you noticed, but there's a lot of asphalt podcasts now too popping yeah. up everywhere, Jack. Yeah. So that's the way it goes. <laughs> so uh, I made it exclusive to vets. Um, I won a pitch contest uh, at uh, an event called Innovets, like Innovation for Veterans, out of. Uh, Boston, Massachusetts, in conjunction with Massachusetts Fallen Heroes, I made the pitch that, hey, I want to start this franchise. And uh, we went up against over 20 veterans, uh, entrepreneurs, and we, and we took first place. Wow. And I had only my location at that time. I had opened in September. Uh, Jeff Black was kind enough to relieve me of my uh, um, five-year no-compete like a couple months early. I said, do you mind if I get started, you know, late fall? <laughs> about it. And so uh, uh, I sold my, so I did the pitch contest in November. I sold my first franchise in like July of 2018. Mm -hmm. And I sold my second one like December 31st of 2018. Wow. And we were, uh, I used that prize money to hire a PR firm. The PR firm got me on a national TV show in the morning and, um, once we made our pitch online, our, our website crashed. Like I had hundreds of inquiries. Wow. Uh, most of them were not quality leads. They were just people right. watching TV and go, I want to do that, you know? So yeah. uh, for the most part, they, they weren't uh, particularly good leads, but it was, it was pretty good exposure. Um, we sold, uh, we sold one or two off of the, off, that's how they first heard about us. Okay. And then we've kind of been selling about 10 a year. Since then, this year has been slow. Uh, we, uh, the marketing program that we had fell apart with our vendor. So we were scrambling. So this year, uh, we had like a six month gap where we were, you know, it's very competitive to, uh, there are 4,000 franchises, right? You're trying to stand out. Yeah. That's what I was going to say. You're, you're, you're competing not only against other striping franchises, but against well, other franchises, yeah. right? So that we've regrouped and now we're starting to get good quality leads again. We're, we're closing a few more deals in the next couple, uh, next, next month, December, actually. Wow. So, uh, that's, uh, kind of how it all happened. And all while also working as a pilot. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. When did, when did you, um, retire from doing the pilot work? Two years ago. Okay. Two years ago. Yeah. Wow, Jack! I thought I was—I was expecting you to say seven years ago or eight years ago. But that you've really time. been putting it. I just figured a G Force. I guess maybe I just figured it was. I, I to me, I and I'm a unique one, right? As soon as I, something happens or a name is mentioned, I usually hear of it and then it gets stuck in my brain. I'm like, oh, it's been there about this long. So for me, I thought, well, Jack would have had to have been like, no, nah, I right. can't do this. Especially yeah. with that, uh, as good a success as you're seeing at GeForce, I would have thought. Yeah, you know, the early guys, I mean, we just, I, I told them, look, I'm an active pilot, I'm, but I was looking for something. I didn't want to just retire and, and sit at home. Yeah. And yeah. so I started a few years prior to my retirement, and I think I had sold 15. 
mm. uh, before I actually brought on a, another full-time person. Wow. Him. And, uh, but I, I had, you know, I had really good early franchisees. Uh, our first franchise uh, uh, partner came in. He's awesome. He's our, he's our instructor. And it was really those uh, very strong early prospects that came through that converted to be being owners that that's critical in the franchise world. If you, you bring on five people and three or four are not a good fit, it it just makes it impossible to. Yeah. I have, a, I, I have a, a question about that retention on those guys. Um, people that have bought in to G force franchise there. I'm, I imagine being as the character traits they have as being former military, um, they commit right to making this thing work and are mission oriented. The retention has to be high. Am I correct on that? As far as people that well, it's, acquire, it's not always high. Our, ours, ours is very, very high. Um, yeah. you know, you don't get to 44 locations without, you know, some bumps along the way. Mm -hmm. uh, we had, uh, we had one gentleman became, uh, essentially disabled and, and mm -hmm. just doctor says, you need to shut it down. And mm -hmm. we thought we had a buyer, but, uh, it was kind of short notice. It's got to, he's just got to, he's just got to stop for his own mm -hmm. health. So that happened. Uh, we had another one that came in and we realized it really wasn't a good fit for. for that was my next question. Yeah. There's some people that just, it, and that's okay, but sometimes it's just not a good fit. And yeah. And, and you know, it's, you're, you're doing quick marriages, right? Mm -hmm. You know, these are, these are shotgun marriages. You, 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 you're putting your best foot forward. They're putting their best foot forward. And it seems like it looks really good on paper. Mm -hmm. And then once you start interacting and, and, and business is challenging, right? It's um, most of our folks have never owned a business. Yeah. So there's a lot of mentorship and I love that part of it. Um, but they've got, you know, we have to be, we have to sustain the same core values. Yeah. Across the, across the brand. And yeah. Yeah. I consider myself extremely lucky. I, I, I'm in the franchise space and I hear a lot of horror stories from my fellow franchisors mm. and it's, it's really hard to keep folks pointed. And, it, and the other part of that is a lot of other franchise systems. It's, it's sort of every man or woman for himself. Like they're really not overly concerned about what's happening. If they're in New Hampshire, why would they care what's happening in California with the location? Correct. Our folks have a very active, uh, social network personally and professionally mm -hmm. to help each other out. Um, they have quick chat rooms. If they're out on the, in the field and they're having a problem, someone's there to help them. We've had a situation where one of our locations, uh, his main person just ghosted them and disappeared. And we had seven major projects to get done. Mm. And our first franchise owner, Vish was coming back from helping our Alabama location uh, and I knew he was on the road and I called him, I go, where are you? I'm about an hour West of Atlanta. I said, go to, and he was heading to Tampa. I said, go to, go to Atlanta and, or would you go to Atlanta and hop on an airplane and go up to Pittsburgh to help our guys in Pittsburgh out. So three hours later, you know, probably four hours later, Vish was on the, on the machine helping get out team get through seven big projects. Wow, man. So that's, that's, that's one of the best stories we've got. But there's a lot of that going on. There's we're putting people on airplanes to help all, around the country, or they're hopping in a in their truck and driving ten hours to help 
on a big project for one of the newer guys. Uh, what what does it what does it take if uh what what does it look like as far as when somebody inquires about becoming a GeForce um, franchise owner to where um they're on the machines doing their their first project? What what does that look like for that person that t- that takes that step? What's that process look like? So there's a lot of a lot of conversations, right? Going, you know, you're sort of selling. As I describe the process, we sell. We're, we're trying to sell to them, right? To, mm-hmm. to show them the, the features and benefits, if you will, if you will, of joining GeForce as mm-hmm. to, as opposed to perhaps another brand or going out on your own. There's a lot of competition. Like, well, I could do this myself, and actually, everyone I've we've ever brought on, I'm certain, could go out and learn how to stripe on their own. But we think we offer a lot of benefits that they couldn't have on their own. And, and mm-hmm. um, so anyway, we, we have these sort of business type philosophical discussions. Some of it's legal discussions. What does this clause mean in, in your document? Things like that. They'll We encourage them to take our documents to franchise attorneys and have them review them. Mm, okay. I think our, our franchise documents are very franchisee friendly, which is not particularly common in our industry. Uh, we have a scaled royalty. Uh, our franchise fee was was very, very low. Um, you can still, we still sell what we call partial territories for as little as 7,500 bucks. Oh, okay. okay. Uh, we, we cap out at 37.5. Uh, some of my competitors, frankly, for that, ex- our 37.5 franchise fee, uh, they would charge as much as $350,000. Wow. So I think we're pretty Get good value. Out. And, um, so a lot of conversations, but then, you know, once, and then, and then the process is they need then to sell us on them. Mm-hmm. Like, why, why would, you know, why do you want to join us? Kind of a little bit like a job interview. Yeah. But it's different because you're not hiring an employee. It's, you're essentially, you know, it's a partnership. It's a little bit of a marriage. And right. So, um, and we, so you guys have such a strong brand. Right, like you're investing in this person too, even though right. they're investing in the franchise. Your brand is investing in them. Yeah, yeah, we 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 can afford to, and and, and you need to be, you know, picky. Um, yeah, you start getting some red flags, and uh, you know, you just don't pursue them as much, and they tend to, you know, fall by the wayside. And then once they sign, um, they go through training in Tampa. Okay, um, they spend a week down there with fish. Uh, we have a pretty extensive online training platform that they go, they, they do that online training before they attend the hands-on mm-hmm. training. Uh, once they leave there, they know enough to be dangerous. Okay. Right? Yeah. They can uh, provide the service, right? Right. You, you know, they, they, they can do a really fine job on fairly simple, straightforward projects, build that confidence. If they get into, and one of our locations, literally his first bid was a, $30,000 warehouse project. Oh, that's fun. So we, we, we helped him bid it. Right. And then we flew Vish up <laughs> to yeah, have him make sure he the nails it. With him, yeah. right? So the kind of the neat thing is there's really no project a rookie has to say no to because yeah, I think you guys have that network, right? Pull the cavalry in, so to speak from around the system. And we've, we've had three or four location owners come together on, on projects. Wow. So. That's unique. That's unique what you guys offer with that, right? I mean, that uh, support, right? 
Yeah, we're calling in support, which is fun for me when I think about it in the context of GeForce's brand to begin with, right? We need support. Bring somebody in, right? You yeah. got guys that are, are are looking for that. We, you know, we've we've got that somewhat here with our success group with the young entrepreneurs and stuff that are in there where they're on a site and they're like, I don't know what's going on. My machine won't pump. And here I've quoted this job and we're on it right now, right? And we're all you know, we do a group call and there's four or five guys covered in sweat and grime being like, Hey, maybe it's this, try this out. But I thinking about that, it, your, your solution to that problem. I, I can remember being a young seal coding contractor on these jobs, looking at this cool piece of equipment. I got my first air diaphragm pump and wondering why the heck is this thing not pumping? I'm on a parking lot and I got only so much time to do it. And there was no support. It was literally, even when you called the manufacturer, they're like, we don't know. You know, it could be right. whatever. I'm like, Oh my gosh. So to have that unique thing is, is really to me that there's so much value in that, right? Where people just, I imagine Jack, they're like in many other franchise instances, more than likely, here you go. This is what you get. Good luck. Right. And well, it's, it's, I, I it's think, tough. I think all painting with a broad brush, they all intend to provide good support. Right. I mean, that's good. That's their yeah. intention. Um, we're able to do it. Um, I think better because we have so, so much um, support from in the system mm -hmm. that's above and beyond what, you know, the answer, I, I, I might not know it. You know, my partner, Craig might not know it. John Kling, our VP of, uh, sales and business development might not know the answer. And then they might try to reach vision. Maybe he's, he's tied up or he's on vacation in Europe. We still have, you know, 40 other people to get, to, to get the answer for it. I'm incredibly proud of the Blacktop Banner Edition seal coating unit produced in partnership with KM International and available in both 550 and 700 gallon versions. Custom built on the same frame as their bulletproof hot boxes, I work closely with KM to design what I believe is the best seal coating unit on the market, a unit designed by a contractor for contractors. Learn more about the unit and to see a walkthrough of the entire unit by visiting kminternational.com. Hey, Jessica Lombardo with Pavex, the pavement experience, and I want to invite you all to join us in San Antonio for the first ever event. It will be held January 30th through February 1st at the Henry B. Gonzalez Convention Center. We are going to have a live equipment demonstration over two days, 60 hours of educational programming, and a full trade show floor with over 75 manufacturers of equipment in the paving and pavement maintenance space. So, Please join us there, and to learn more and get yourself registered, visit www.pavexshow.com. If you're serious about efficiency and performance, listen up. The Craftco Supershot 125 is not just a melter. It's a strategic pavement maintenance advantage. Quick startups, fume-free, automatic agitator shutoff, a splash-proof lid, and pumping on demand, these features are essential for any serious asphalt maintenance contractor. So don't settle for mediocrity. Elevate your game with the Craftco Supershot line of melters by visiting Craftco.com today. In my opinion, Dynapack CC900G Roller is the best roller on the market for driveway and small parking lot paving contractors. The seismic technology in these rollers is unbeatable for the smoothness and compaction they provide, and I choose the Dynapack CC900G over the little yellow roller that you're used to seeing every single time. 
But don't just take my word for it. Check them out in person at Pavex and World of Asphalt or visit Dynapack.com to find a dealer near you. Hey, Blacktop Banner fans. This is Michael with Aquafault. Say goodbye to potholes and roadway damage without the need for large crews, heavy equipment, or toxic chemicals. Aquafault is the only permanent repair material for asphalt and concrete that uses water. An installation is simple. Just pour, add water, and tamp. It's that easy. An Aquafault repair can be open to traffic immediately and fully sealed within 24 hours. Plus, the product is backed by a three-year warranty and made in the USA. Visit Aquafault.com. That's A-Q-U-A-P-H-A-L-T dot com to learn more. In the past year, Jobber has been our CRM of choice at Wiscode, and it's made our world exponentially better efficiency-wise. The request to quote and quote to invoice process is seamless and professional. The scheduling aspect keeps us on point and the team leaders moving throughout the day from project to project, while the timesheet feature tracks the team members' hours. For our small seal coding company, it has helped build the solid foundation we can scale from. Jobber is now a sponsor of Blacktop Banter and helps bring this show to you. With this partnership, Jobber is offering an exclusive savings to BB listeners of 20% off for six months. To take advantage of this, find the Jobber link in the show description and get to improving your process today. Hi, contractors. It's Kyla from Wiscoat. We use Stencil Plus for all of our pavement marking stencils, alphabet letters, numbers, directional arrows, Handicap markings, you name it. We use it and we get it all from Stencil Plus. Right now, for a limited time, you can save 10% on your stencil order by using code BB10 during checkout at stencilplus.com or by calling 877-372-6055. Contractors, you need to make it easy for potential customers to reach you. Get a custom phone number from the 800 Pavement Network and plaster it on the side of your trucks and rigs, and I guarantee you'll see increases in leads and jobs booked. Get yours by calling 1-800-728-3636. World of Asphalt is the leading asphalt trade show and conference, and it'll be taking place on March 25th through the 27th, 2024 in Nashville, Tennessee. From mainline to maintenance, the show will be your one-stop shop to see everything the asphalt industry has to offer. Registration is now open, and listeners can save 20% off registration with the code BB20 when they register on worldofasphalt.com. What's the toughest hurdle that you've seen for um, the the 44 locations? Like, for for that person, is it is it getting them to understand uh, basic business concept? Is it the striping itself? Um, what is the, what is the one where you're like we we've had to give more attention here because you're taking guys that, um, like you said, are mission oriented but likely never been business owners before. So I think when they first start, I think it's the it's the striping, right? Because mm-hmm. that's the physical piece. It's the visible. It's what I have to do to get paid and yep. have customers. Once they get a little comfortable with that, it's when we start noticing that they need to be working on the business side of things. Mm, and so, you know, we um, we hold semi-weekly calls uh, okay. and then a big monthly call. We also, if we've got a location that's, you know, their closure rate's low, we'll set them up on a, a, a more than weekly uh, 
people to help them figure out what's what's happening with their pricing. Um, you know, we're employing some new technologies to help uh, close more deals. Um, I, I'd say the business side of it is is foreign to them. Um, mm-hmm. Tasks you can learn a task that's a little more straightforward than learning a business. Yeah. And there's a lot. There's way more to owning a business than most people realize until they get into it. And I think even once they're into it, they don't really realize what it is they're supposed to be doing to run, I think, a world-class business. They, true. They, very, they think very that true. I, I go out and I stripe the straightest line that the world is going to beat a path to your door. And, and the fact is, um, I believe you could do a B-plus line with a plus customer service and you're going to do better than the a plus line. Yes. With, with a B plus or less customer service side of it. Now, wow. we of course are searching for that a plus line. Yeah. In wow. I got to write that. I got to write that one down, Jack nailed that one. Yeah. I think that's a general consensus, right? Is, uh, we even, even here, right. For an example, um, when we were, uh, Chris, who's our operations director, and uh, people have come to know him a little bit as of late. Like with me, he was like, "Oh my goodness! Like the we need a different camera, we need better editing, we need all this stuff, and then it's really gonna pop." And I was like, "Chris, these guys are in the field with earbuds and listening to something that, and frankly, for their industry, there is nothing else. So we can do a D plus job, and it's better than anything else out there." And uh, thankfully, uh, you know. I've been able to just been like run with it, buddy. But like for us, there are people who do notice that, but for the most part, when you provide a decent service, but you make it a great experience along the way, it seems like that's the winning concept, right? Mm -hmm. If I could for a moment circle back to your service support. My favorite service support call was guys out, he's on the field and he can't get the machine to spray. And of course we start with the, well, it could be this, it could be that. I'm, I'm calling this guy when Vish is on the phone. And, and the tip was just turns. <laughs> I mean, really, we were so focused on on the worst case scenario. That yes. Start with the basic thing, you know. And yep. so those are fun stories. <laughs> yeah, it's fun to see that. And then, the, you know, uh, like a lot of people come to me, and, and I'm honest when I say when we have people that are in the, the group or just random people, right, they'll just message Thankfully, it goes through a filtration system, but it used to not. It used to just come right to my phone or right to my message. And I had the whole world asking me right. troubleshooting problems, right? right. And um, honestly, candidly, I'm not probably I'm not. I know for a fact I'm not the most knowledgeable SEAL coder that there is out there right now. Um, I know because I'm amazed by some of the work that my my peers do that um, I'm probably not the most meticulous. I would say I'm very well-rounded, but, you know, they'll they'll all have people asking me about a ditch runner and I've never ran a ditch runner ever. Right. Like, well, what's wrong with the piston right here was, I don't know, man. So for us, like that was the, yeah, yeah. Uh, listen to this podcast episode, right. Or give me a week and I'll have a guest on and I'll ask them. Yeah. So for, for us, that was the basis of like having a blacktop banner chat group, a blacktop banner success group is I had myself personally made friends with great people within our industry and when I did, I had that group, right, of people. So, um, apologize for the doggy doorbell there. Oh, well, I'm sure we're going to grab one. Yeah, it, it's hard telling what will happen here. Somebody usually comes in asking what I want for lunch. Um, but I had that little bubble of people that I was using great as a resource. And I thought, 
well, to in order to get this off of me, let's let, I'll, I'll create one for everybody else, right? right? And then we can go ahead and do that. But we, I had somebody one time, very similar story, uh, call me like, it's not pumping. The, the machine, I got a brand new seal, right? It's not pumping. And I went through like, well, you know, is the pilot valve okay there? Are you low on sealer? Did you, you know, is your basket, you know, is it clogged? Where are we looking at? And they're like, I don't know, man. I'm like, well, maybe the pump's cracked. I'm like, show me the pump. And he showed me the pump and I seen the air valve was turned off. And that's all it was. Somebody had bumped it and the air valve turned off. And this guy was freaking out. We're thinking the worst case scenario. Right. I'm yes, like, see that little blue handle? Turn nature. that. It's got to be the worst thing. Oh, for sure. For sure. That's human nature, for sure. It's fun. Those are fun stories, though. Correct. The What's fun, right, is um, you have a great amount of knowledge in a certain field. And then you have people around you that have gained, garnered a lot of experience. I imagine Vish is very experienced now, right, with what he's done. Um you, you have a great collection, which un- essentially makes a mastermind, as we have come to call them. Um, we have a unique thing coming up, you and I. Uh, we are going to be at Ignite Summit. You'll be speaking. Finally, I'm, I'm attending. I'm, I'm not doing a panel or anything. I, I get to learn and enjoy my, my oh, friends. you're not on the panel? The I panels. don't have to do anything. Oh, Justin wow. just gave me a break. It's going to be fantastic. I'm going to take it in, enjoy some beaches. I'm sure we'll create some content and whatnot while we're there. But I'm really excited about that because you get to share your knowledge. We have um, a great discru- great discussions there lined up, Justin, those guys do, um, and Amy. And we get to kind of do the mind meld thing, right? And uh, I'm really excited that and, and get to know each other a little more personally. Tell us a little bit about Ignite and what you'll have going on there, Jack. So um, I believe I'm on a panel uh, talking about company culture. And um, so, they, you know, um, because of my role, there's some things that, you know, I'm, I'm not at liberty to share because I, my fiduciary responsibilities to my owners, right? I, mm-hmm. I'm not really, I'm, I shouldn't be in a position to be handing out sort of our company secrets, if you will. But mm-hmm. um, uh just said, well, what about, you know, what, what about this one particular panel? I said, yeah, that, that's, that's good. I, I, um, it's about company culture mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, with, there's a lot of employee challenges uh, out there right now. And, uh, a little more background about myself. I, I was a union leader for the airline, uh, house association as a board of directors, as a local representative. And I represented a very large voting block, uh, for the New York uh, uh, first officers, pretty large, mm. pretty large group. So I come from a, a pro labor background. Okay, and uh, I and I find that helps me uh, as I manage my own staff and, and I've, I've managed uh, employees in the past. So I'm you know I'm looking forward to that discussion because there's yeah. a, there's a lot of struggles. You know we're having struggles. A lot of our franchise locations, frankly, would be doing more in sales if we could find folks. Uh, to, you know, to, to, to recruit and, and, and train properly and, and stay aboard. But it's, it's, as everyone knows with a 3.9% unemployment rate, it's, it's a challenge, right? So yeah. but I'll take those dynamics over a much higher employment rate where we have, you know, a, a, a better choice, if you will, but we don't have as much work. Yeah. So I think it's manageable. Um, but you have to kiss a lot of frogs to find. You know, that <laughs> yeah, you do. Yeah. 
Yeah, you do. Yeah, it's it's an interesting dynamic. Uh, things have changed, right? Next year will be 20 years of owning Wiscoat. And uh, it was, it's just changed. The, the market, the employee market has changed. What you have to do as an owner versus before, right? Your whole expectations 20 years ago as an owner and what you have to do with an employee, for an employee, uh, to keep an employee have completely been flipped. And that's a hard thing. It's a hard thing to kind of get people to understand. And that comes down to culture as well, right? Like um, we, we ran into an issue this year. I've been doing a lot here at Blacktop Banner and pulled myself out of Wiscoat a little more. I didn't realize how big of a lightning rod for culture I was. That's just my natural demeanor, I would imagine. Um, but me being removed from that, we, we saw it get shaken up, right? And somebody else comes in as the culture leader. And then if that's not the same and the dynamic changes, it's very different. And I think it's it's a double-edged sword. There are less people applying for work. There's a lot of work to be had. I think that, yes, you had more in the past to choose from, but I believe that with the narrow scope of people applying, maybe the ones that have the ambition to apply might have a stronger case for having the character traits that you might be looking for. So I think it's all that that interviewing and filtering process. I may be completely wrong on that, but that's what I've no, come to feel kind absolute of. Absolute challenge. You know, they, they do exist. They're mm-hmm. just, it's it's getting harder to find them. Yeah, but it you know, you, you can't rely on what the way it used to be. If you're going to no. try and do that, it's it's not going to work. There's going to be natural friction that's built into it. And there, yeah. the, the potential employee may already sense that in the interview, mm-hmm. that this is not a person I want to work for, or they're mm-hmm. still thinking this is the way it used to be. And yeah, um, yeah, it's tough. It, it, the, the, the dynamic, I think, overall when it when it comes to that conversation is before like you were you were alluding to it's a bottleneck and before it wasn't such a bad bottleneck right right? and it's like that's the frustrating part of it because there really isn't too much you can do you can you can build this environment that would be absolutely fantastic but you need to find the right person that that's important to right? For them to stay and want to stay. And we're, people are offering all time wages, right? For, for everybody. And that still isn't enough. It has to be the sweet sauce that fits somebody just right. It's like another marriage, like you were talking about, right? Um, to get somebody to commit to that. And I've never heard people saying you have to get your employees to buy into your vision as much as I have this last year with all of my, my business owner friends. And it's like, that's where they're seeing success is you have to have somebody committed to what you do. But on the flip side, we can't necessarily have absent business owners anymore because they want you present. They're married to your vision, right? And what you want to do. So it's very, very tricky. I'm really looking forward to that conversation um, that you all have at Ignite. Um, Jack, uh, online, uh, I kind of mentioned to you beforehand, I'm really excited when I get on LinkedIn and I see the GeForce business owners there, right? It has like a, a bracket that says, um, people that you might want to add to your network. Right. And like, if I, if there's a list of 20, four of them are GeForce people, whether they work at GeForce or they own GeForce or whatever they are when it comes to mind. And I just hit add on all of them. I'm going to be honest with you. Like 
I just, I, I flat out, I'm just like, okay, anybody on GeForce, I want to see what they're up to and what they're doing. Um, but yourself is on there. Jack Childs is on there. Jack, uh, where can people find you uh, online and what's going on? Well, in terms of my LinkedIn profile? Um, yeah, you can find Jack on LinkedIn for sure. And then radio, there aren't too many <laughs> Jack Childs, but uh, I'm on there. Um, there's on the LinkedIn profile, there's uh, links to our website. Uh, I also am involved with uh, what we call veteran service brands. It's a it's an umbrella group. We have three other brands that are exclusive to veterans. Uh, oh, okay. One epoxy floors, uh, fi- uh, uh, field ops, athletic okay. field markings. We we oh, that's a great idea. Uh, what's that? What a great idea. <laughs> Thanks. So we discovered there's a lot of demand for fields that our our folks weren't really wanting to deal with. And so we, uh, we launched field off. We have four locations. Uh, most of them are using uh, autonomous robots, which is kind of fun to watch. Um, and then paint core, like Marine Corps, uh, that's a home and commercial painting franchise. And those are, those are the three are, are, are really in their infancy and they're essentially their first year of operation about, uh, eight or nine paint core. Uh, I think we're going to be at nine or 10 Mach one epoxy floors and, like I said, Field Ops has four locations. But uh, my LinkedIn profile has a way to get a hold of me. Um, mm-hmm. They can look at veteranservicebrands.com or cool. goGforce.com. Yeah. Uh, so I'm pretty easy to find if you're trying to Very neat. Them. I'm smiling because uh, I think of, uh, like you were saying, your typical entrepreneur, uh, hey, hey, this worked. Let's do it again. Right. Yeah. <laughs> like, like yeah, that's, I, I think yeah. the, yeah. I think it's very neat to see it, the need like you guys do. Hey, there's a need here. Let's do it again, right? And and see where it goes. I, I really, really like that. It, to me, as an entrepreneur, I connect with that, right? We did Wiscoat. Hey, this worked. As I start Dubuque asphalt maintenance, we're strictly in Dubuque where I see there's a need for commercial seal coating and asphalt maintenance, right? Let's see where it goes. Oh, cool. Yeah, yeah. It's 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 it's. I success is is a unique thing when it comes to business ownership because you can succeed at one and it if you're an entrepreneur and you really have that entrepreneurial bug, it's not about the lifestyle that it provides. It's kind of, this is my hobby. This is what I let's, let's do it again and and come over some challenges and it's fun for me. So I think that that's the entrepreneur thing. It's fun. I love the, um, I think the thing that really excites me is that, that startup phase. I think it's Mm -hmm. why I, I fit well in the franchise world. Um, I think some of those skills that's frankly come, I was a, an instructor pilot. And I always had to remember what it was like to be, you know, the first time behind a, a KC-135 trying to plug in and get gas. It's, it's easy for me to do. This is their first time doing that. And it's a yeah. really challenging maneuver. Some instructors forget how hard that is. Right. And mm-hmm. so I, I never forget how hard it is to start a business. Yeah. And so each of these, you know, I've essentially launched, you know, uh, 50 startups because I'm. <laughs> that sounds like a nightmare. It is for, in a way. <laughs> for, for, for me, for anybody hearing that where that's not their, their zone of genius or zone of excellence, they're like, oh yeah. gosh, you know. So, but that's, you know, I guess it's, it's just the way I'm, I'm built. But um, so I, <laughs> you know, I understand when they're in that early phase that, that, that being terrified, right? Right. And yeah. As as well as we do things, the phone does not ring off the hook the first day. It mm-hmm. takes some some other things that we do and some effort on their part. 
to start building, uh, you know, building that uh, lead flow. Uh, I've got a great tech firm behind us, a good tech stack uh, supporting us. And so that, that's been key uh, to our success is uh, having that, that, that tech built the right way for a multi-location brand is very important. Yeah. It's amazing. It's amazing to hear and, and, and understand somewhat of how it's all designed and worked. And you keep referring back to it. It's support, right? Having the right people in the right circle in the right spot to make, we're going to, we're going to have challenges, right? Life has challenges. Life and business has challenges. It's being prepared by having a great network put together or a great support system put together, whether that's in business or just in your life that helps you overcome those, right? Relieve stress. I, I, I mentioned it at a, we just came back from our, our blacktop banter meetup at uh, KM International. And um, I mentioned that, and I mentioned it recently on a, on a, on a podcast in, in Pittsburgh that there are people who usually in that circle have went through everything and there's people who are going through it and there's people who haven't went through it. Mm-hmm. And when you're the one sitting where you haven't went through it yet, there's a relief that comes over you when you realize I, I may not know what I'm doing, but I know Jack does mm-hmm. and Jack's in my circle. So I'm, I'm, I'm not worried. I'm, I'm okay with going forward because I'm not going to get blindsided. And I think that you've done a great job. You know, when you describe G force, you've done a great job of creating that for your franchise owners. Well, I, it's, it's really the people I, you know, if you can, you can give them the tools, but if they don't use them and, and apply them and, and they're, they're not of, they don't share the same values. It's, it, it, it doesn't work. It's, it's a tricky business. It's from the outside looking in, it can look fairly easy. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can see that certain locations, oh, they've got 50 or a hundred and they must be doing well, but there might be battles galore internally mm-hmm. that are just not, a, you just don't see from the outside. Uh, luckily we don't have that. Um, I'm blessed with a, a, a really rock star corporate team. Uh, my VP of uh, operations, Rachel Pitts, has um, been a huge uh, addition for us. She's a, uh, a military spouse. Her husband's active duty Marine. Uh, Craig LeCare is my partner. He was one of my franchisees from my old brand, and he sold his business. And I had posted a job online. He goes, well, why didn't you call me? I said, well, you just sold your business. I thought you wanted to relax because I'm, <laughs> I'm wearing a circle in my car or a, a path in my carpet for two weeks. I need to do something. So oh, shoot. Craig was a, a huge boost. Uh, John Kling came to us uh, formerly with Gem Seal. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's got a, a, you know, an asphalt uh, background. He's our VP of uh, business development and my uh, administrative executive administrator here and man bookkeepers lives just one town over from me here in New Hampshire, but we're, we're remote. So we're, I've got uh, one person in Texas, one in Missouri, one in Colorado. And uh, my executive administrator here is New Hampshire, but we uh, we've made a point. Now we're making an annual thing to get together for a corporate retreat mm-hmm. spend some time together, uh, mm-hmm. brainstorm, but also have fun and, and connect. Cause it's, it's really hard to build that culture in a remote environment. It's, it is. It's very difficult. I'm lucky mm-hmm. I'm, I'm able to do it because I've hired the right people. Um, but without the right people, that does it's it's so hard. But yeah. I'm lucky to the, what um, 
overall, right? So you you've had uh well, I I'll say plenty of experience, right? So uh you you've met a lot of people, you've had to interact with a lot of people, you've um applied yourself in these shotgun marriages, right, with with a lot of other people. Um and what would be a piece of advice that that you would give that would be just an an, an overall piece of advice that if people would either apply this or study this or think about this uh, piece of advice, it really adds value to their life. What would that be, you think, overall, Jack? I don't have any deep philosophical advice. Um, I I try to keep it simple. And Mm -hmm. um, it was a theme that I had developed uh, when I was a union leader you know, we had folks, uh, we were negotiating with the airline and, and pilots are paid pretty well. They're paid really well now. Uh, but back in the day, they were paid pretty well, but there were there was a lot of unhappiness and dissatisfaction in the pilot group back then. And um, and I, I felt, you know, where, where you focus on dollars, um, yeah. I would write often about the importance of respect. And sometimes respect shows up in the way of dollars, but I, I felt... There was a, at the time, uh, the management of the airline uh, did not respect the pilot group at all mm. for a lot of different reasons. And uh, I think respect, respect for the people who work for you, um, respect for your customers. Uh, I think it's really important to respect your vendors. Like, yes, you're their customer, but you can't function without them. Mm-hmm. Those are critically important to your success. And, and finally, I think respect for yourself, right? That, you know, it, it's easy, at least for me, to kind of place everybody else is, is kind of more important than I am. But sometimes I have to remind myself that I need to respect what I've done and what I'm trying to accomplish on their behalf. Mm-hmm. And so I, I kind of I just use that one word respect um, to, to guide pretty much everything we do. Yeah. No, it's a great piece of advice. I think it's easy, right? The world's throwing a lot of different stuff at us all the time nowadays. It's easy to kind of let that get on the back burner with, along with a lot of other, you know, uh, integral pieces of advice and things we should keep in mind. Very cool, my friend. Well, Jack, I look forward to seeing you very, very soon. I really, really appreciate you spending time with us here on Blacktop Banter. Uh, it's always fun to be able to uh, gain, gain some new perspective, get some insight and see what's interesting and cool going on within our industry. That's my goal anyway. So really look forward to it. Thanks so much. I really, really appreciate it. All right. Thanks, Marvin. Yep. No worries. All right. For myself, for Blacktop Banter, I'm Marvin Joles. Our guest today was Jack Child with GeForce. And of course, as always, if you're curious about the Blacktop Banter Success Group, feel free to go to blacktopbanter.com, find the drop down tab there. We would love to have the conversation to see how we can help you. And of course, you can have the merch. Uh, that site's on there as well. If you need to update your hat collection or shirt collection with anything Blacktop Banter, that's over there as well. Otherwise, we will see you next time. So, as for myself and for Jack, this is Blacktop Banter and we speak asphalt. Peace. Hey, everybody, Marvin here from Blacktop Banter. And if you enjoy the podcast and what we've been bringing to the industry, you can support us through a one-time or recurring donation at blacktopbanter.com. There we have a support tab. You click that and choose your path from there. If you listen on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, please do us a favor. 
and leave a review there for us as well. As always, we speak asphalt and thanks for your support. This episode of Blacktop Banter is brought to you by Crafto, the world's leading manufacturer of packaged pavement preservation materials and equipment for the asphalt industry. Learn more at Crafco.com.